Good morning. Welcome. What a delight. Inplee came all the way up from Sylvan Lake. So we're so fortunate and blessed to have her with us today. And I've seen her perform with Martin Kerr at the Windspear and here before. And she's just wonderful. So what a gift. What a joy. Thank you. All right. So I've got a lot of exciting things to share today. And uh, let's begin. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. We have a, a bit of a ritual. So all of this is really to help us assist the, the music, the prayer, the, the fellowship, to help us drop into that unified field where we all connect with divine source. And so if um, it's helpful for you to think of something you're grateful for in this moment, that helps activate that parasympathetic nervous system, open us up, and we actually connect. We're going to do a little experiential thing around that uh, today. So I'm going to share some information that I think is uh, very, very relevant and, and bring some awareness and clarity to the, the world we live in today. And then um, we're going to uh, go there. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to do it, okay? So I'm going to sound the gong. We're going to drop into 30 seconds of silence, and then we'll offer a song, and uh, we'll do a prayer. How do we do this? I'm all mixed up. Do, do we do the song first? Okay. Thank you so much. 30 seconds of silence, song, then a prayer. See, I'm not too revved up. All right. Here we go. I invite you to just close your eyes, drop into that silence. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So I invite you to allow my words as I go into prayer to be your words. And if they don't fit, please let them wash over you. But what is alive within me, and I share with you, because there's only one, we are teaching of oneness, of wholeness, of infinite possibility. There's one life, that life is spirit, source, God. Whatever designator you use is important, not what I use. But in this moment, what I give thanks for is the awareness of the oneness of life, that there's one life, that we are all participating in that life, that we are here by divine right appointment, that we have been gifted with this experience despite things that have happened in our lives, despite obstacles, despite disappointment, betrayal, heartbreak, despite lack and limitation, we are here. And this day I give thanks knowing that I'm guided and directed in the most clear and concise and simple way for all of us to leave here transformed, not by my words, but by the consciousness that we 
collectively share. So as we move into our hearts of that parasympathetic nervous system, imagining our hearts breathing, expanding, and connecting with one another, there is a loving intelligence available to all. That loving intelligence that has guided beautiful Ainsley to write her songs for you to have the inspiration in your life where something magical and mysterious and wonderful has shown up, where healing has taken place, where transformation has taken place. It is all the infinite nature of the fully orbed experience of loving intelligence, divine source. And so let us know that mindfully and beautifully. Let us listen today. Let us share today. Let us be open to possibility and transformation, to shift and change whatever it may be within us, because none of it is small. Through this I give thanks. Give thanks for the support, the love, the grace, the hours and hours and hours of study and prayer that have allowed me to serve in this capacity and to be with you this day, grounded, clear, brilliant, and creative. And for this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. So I want to model a cue card for you. The cue card, if you're new, the cue means quantum, and it really reflects qualities. So every my agreement with uh, Dr. Gary Simmons is that I will model this for you. We're actually moving to our own genogram for our community in, in September, and it's an exciting opportunity for us of transformation and continued clarity, cleansing, cleansing, cleansing. So my cue card uh, is please have compassion for me when I show up on my shadow card, which is who I don't want to be which is when I showed up flawed, in lax, feeling stupid, feeling alone, self-centered, and fearful, because this is who I've come here to be. Brilliant, generous, loving, creative, whole, and free. So would you support me in that? Beautiful, thank you. Here we go, awesome. Today I want to talk a bit more about the shifting paradigms. I've been using the spiral dynamics model, and I'm going to review that a little bit with you this morning, but I want, to, I want to really move into our practice as well, because I'm excited about that. And I want to talk about islands of sanity. So that's an island that I've never been to, but I'd like to get there sometime. But it's good. It's like I tell my kids all the time. It's good to want stuff. When they come to me and ask me for stuff, I say, this is a good thing that you want that. Keeps you in the game. And then they're like, yeah, but aren't you going to get it for me? No, you're going to keep wanting it until you can get it for yourself. It's the way this works. So, um, a bit of review. We looked at various worldviews throughout history and compared them to our individual development process. We did it a couple of weeks ago. And I used the model of spiral dynamics. So we've got a few of the charts up here. The spiral is something that was developed by Claire Graves and it was adopted by um, uh, Don Beck and Christopher Cowan um, a number of years ago, wrote a book, Spiral Dynamics. And really it's just a, a way of giving perspective to the shifts and changes that have happened throughout history that have brought us to this point in time. Right now, we are, we are about ready to give birth. Well, birth to yellow was 50 years ago. So there were a lot of exciting things that happened in the 60s. You remember that? It was the assassination of President Kennedy. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was killed. There were seeds planted there about 50 years ago. Things were happening. A lot more things than perhaps we're aware of. But that was the birth of turquoise, which is a new color. And so we've talked about that a bit. I'll get back to that turquoise in a moment. Right now, about 5% of the population is operating in yellow. And so the tipping point is 10%. So this is good news. This is exciting news. This is not a bad thing. But I think we need to have a perspective of what's going on in this world because there's a lot of stuff happening. Have you noticed? Have you been online lately? Have you looked at a newspaper? 
It's crazy making. It is. It's overwhelming. It's like, what? Another. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. Let's take a, day, a, day, a, let's take a break. But that's the nature of it. So I'm so inspired to have this information and to be collaborating with Dr. Gary Simmons and his beautiful wife, Jane Simmons, who have introduced and we're introducing our mission-centric model for ministry. Never been done before. We're going down a path. We're blazing a trail. One of the reasons we're doing the Q process is because we want people to free up their energy because part of our culture is very green. And green in the spiral dynamic is all about love. Love at all costs. And the problem with green is... We're so busy processing, we can't get anything else done. Now, I'm all for the love, but I'd also like to do something other than sit around and listen to your stories over and over again. I work with someone that came in, and they, they don't attend the community, but they're in dire straits. It's, it's tragic. And came in and talked to me for an hour and a half. Talk, I was exhausted at the end. It never occurred to me to pray for her because she had convinced me of what a victim she was, and I thought, I'm no good anymore because you have gotten me, you've sold me the bill of goods. And I... You've got to go find somebody else because I, I, I can't possibly. This is overwhelming. You're right. You're hopeless. And I said that with love. You talk to me long enough, you'll convince me. And then neither one of us is any good for anything new. But that's the world we live in. So I had to go home, do my forgiveness work, do my prayer work silently. And it was, it was good because I have practices that help me bring me back to equilibrium. And so I could support. But in that moment, it was just like, oh, I give up. But I didn't give up forever. So superimposed over this, this uh, cultural dynamic is the fact that spiritual wisdom traditions go through major changes about every 500 years. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But every, and so we are due for the next transformational shift, which is exciting. And we concluded part one a couple weeks ago with the idea that we have to bring two streams together of transformation. One is growing up and one is waking up. So one of them is this, this um, growing up, stop being a victim. Stop pointing fingers. And the other one is this waking up. There's only one life. That life is God. Let's adhere to the principles of what Dr. Ernest Holmes talked. It's a mystical tradition. God is the source of all life, and we are individualized expressions of the one. There's a power for good that you can use, available to you, that you can use. Holmes knew that. We weren't just stuck here and stuck. We're never stuck, but we feel stuck at times. I felt stuck the other day, but I didn't stay stuck. So let's take a, a deeper dive into the mission-centric ministry factors into this work that contributes to the emergence of the new paradigm. So why is mission-centric so important to what's being birthed? See, this is our opportunity. This is an incredible opportunity. The first point to explore, each paradigm shift is a reactive, adaptive response to the inadequacies of the previous worldview. So we got them up there, beige, 250,000 years ago. That was survival. That was the individual. Then we moved to purple. Purple is magical thinking. It's superstition. It's shamanic practices. And there are many people here that uh, are connected with that. And, that. and that's beautiful. It's not a bad thing. It's just understand where you are. In your spiritual practice, you may be purple. Good for you. If it is taking you to, to where you need to be and you're sharing your gifts with the world, oh, Fantastic. So purple is 50,000 years, red 10,000 years ago, blue, orange, green, and then, as I said, yellow emerged about 50 years ago. So let me give you a little example of this. So if we are um, banding together in purple was the adaption out of the tribal beige. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, out of the, um, I'm sorry, out of the survival of beige. So we band together in groups we were independent in beige. It was all about survival, enough food, enough water, shelter. And then the people realized the consciousness shift and band together in purple, which is tribe. 
And then Red came along, and Red said, no, I'm an individual. I'm important. I matter. I'm a warrior. So Red rose up as individualistic in rebellion to tribal leadership. So all of a sudden, people were saying, hey, I don't need you guys. You know, it's like the, the tribe gets to a certain point, and they realize, hey, the chief's not doing his job anymore. Let's just get rid of the chief. And so who knows how they got rid of the chief, but, but it was this warrior mentality. It's about the, the, the Israelites uh, slaying the Philistines. It's that, that energy. There's no more in the, in, in the red. Moving out of the purple into the red, you're not going to be throwing me into the volcano anymore to appease the gods because I'm too important. So then we move into blue, which is authoritarian. It's a structure, to, it's a reactive measure to counter the lawlessness of the Wild West, which is the red mentality, the individual. So now we're back to the group. We're back to the blue, which is the, law of, the rule of um, law. It's a beautiful thing. Then we move into orange, orange 300 years ago. It's innovative. It's democracy. Its results are more important than how we get it done. Unhealthy orange is, is more and more and more. The, the whole thing that we got to continually grow. We were here and we got to go there. So growth for no reason other than the fact that we're so immersed in the orange is an unhealthy characteristic. There's nothing wrong with growth. There's nothing wrong with having things. But it's got to be in, in um, context of the rest of it. Otherwise, we're, just, we're off in a, in a spiral that is very limiting and it becomes very obsessive. It's another form of addiction. I've got to have more. more. Gabor Maite writes about this in addiction. It is that, that sense of doing something over and over again, even though we, don't know it's, we know it's not good for us, but we can't stop. And some people do that with money. And then we move into green. Green comes forth in search of meaning and balance, the lack of too much head and not enough heart, or unhealthy orange. In each of these cases, the pendulum has swung between individual back to group. So beige was individual purple group, red, warrior, I'm important, I matter, back to the blue, the, the rule, of the back to the group, the law of, uh, the rule of law in order and process. And then we move, we move back to the individual orange, the entrepreneur, the guy, that, the, the guy that makes the money has the idea, it's more, 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 more. And then we're back to the green, which is the group. And so now we're... Uh, we're moving into the yellow. So when orange, orange says, I may, orange may use people as stepping stones to my success or someone to market to or believe that nature is a resource. So using nature because it's something for us to exploit. And, and we've seen that. We've seen the results of that. We continue to see it. It's a very popular idea. Green, we're all one except those corporately owned politicians who are destroying the world. So we point the finger at them because they're the bad ones, but without the orange, we wouldn't have the green. You've got to have healthy orange to have healthy green. We need them all. The goal is to move from first tier, so all of these are considered first tier. The goal is to move from first tier thinking as our worldview, and in first tier, we source our well-being and discomfort outside of ourselves. We source our well-being and discomfort outside of ourselves. And this is what's going on. My good is out there. You did this to me. And the, 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 the reality is when we go there, we're, we're speaking the language of separation. There's only one, God. Why would it be that we have these triggers in our lives? That's why we brought the cue. We invite people to, have, to look at the triggers that are in their lives. And, it be, and it's a very boring process. It's not a quick fix. It's slow. It's deep. Looking. 
Why? I had to look at my trigger working with this individual the other day. What got triggered here for me? Why did I shut down? And then I had to go about the business of, of rescripting it for myself. Otherwise, I stay stuck in it. I don't want that. I want to be free in my relationship with divine source because whenever I'm in that, whenever I'm, I'm looking at the world as my source of my good, I'm in separation because the divine is my source. And this is our opportunity. Second tier where we can ap- appreciate healthy aspects of each perspective and find ways to communicate with all those worldviews regardless of whether we agree with their actions or not. So yellow says, whether you're in beige, purple, red, blue, orange, or green, I can have a conversation with you grounded in love because I know who I am and I know who the source of my life is. And you can't convince me otherwise. And that's the practice. How do we bring this? How do we live this idea out in the world? Because it's easy here. It's a challenge out there. There's not enough. I just wrote an article of Science of Mind magazine yesterday, and the title of it was, More Than Enough. And I get to invite people to support the organization financially. So it's the the law of circulation. You may have seen it. I've been writing the article for a couple, two, three years. I don't know, maybe five. I forget. But it's it's not about having more. It's about being more. So when we do the Q process... It gives us a place to take all that green energy and move out of the triggers so that we can free the energy so we can be more. Otherwise, we're, we just live in victimhood and we get stuck. And it's okay if you're stuck. We love you if you're stuck. But I don't want to join you. That was my challenge the other day. It was such a beautiful lesson in my life here. I think I got it mastered and someone walks in and tells me their, their story and I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> Let's get the Harry Carey equipment out right now. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. So if we don't have healthy processes in our, in, our, in, our, in our spiritual tool bag to do our own processing, not that we don't need practitioners and we need, we need ministers and there's trauma that happens and there's disappointment that happens. But I was trained, you listen for 20 minutes, you teach for 20 minutes and you pray for 20 minutes. I listened for an hour and a half. I was too worn out to pray and teach. I'm telling you, you want to convince me, you can do it. But we're not going anywhere different. I wrote in that article, I said, why would we bring to the altar of consciousness separation and lack and limitation? None of that is in Ernest Holmes' textbooks. None of that. Infinite possibility. We are here to live is more than enough. And it isn't easy. It isn't easy. It's hard. It's damn hard. It's difficult when people are pointing their finger at you and they're not getting their needs met by you, which is none of your business. But they think it is. They're certain it is. What do you do with that? It's hard. People's unhealed stuff, gets. we do that with one another. We project because we have no process. So that's why we brought the cue here, because I don't want to do that anymore. One of the the outstanding characteristics of tier one organizations is a high level of tolerance for dysfunction. I don't want to do that anymore. This is too important, what we're teaching, what we're encouraging people to step out of. So, each one of these merits respect and care. Each one of these paradigms. Because they all have healthy aspects. We need them all. I'm not here to tell you that if you're primarily in blue or purple or whatever it is that it's bad. It's just where you are, and we love you. Be healthy in it. 
If you need crystals and, 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 and pink, purple velour and the lights down in a room where you're going and do spiritual practice and that gets you there, man, go for it. I'm not here to tell you how to decorate your, your prayer space, but have one and use it. So there is a need for all of us in New Thought communities to create islands of sanity. This is our opportunity because our tradition is perfect for what's happening. I want to tell you, man, we're in the right spot at the right time. We're the right people. Gene Houston writes it at the beginning of the Science of Mind textbook in the foreword. Now is the time and we are the ones. Connecting our inner spiritual life with what is happening in the world at large. Training people, as, 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 uh, excuse me. So, let me back up here. The yellow global cultural worldview and throughout the spiral, developmentally, we have moved from egocentric me, this is the movement, egocentric me, to a ethnocentric us, there's a slide showing this, to a world-centric all of us. There's only one of us, we're all in this together. And the, the, and, the, and the opportunity is for us to model it well enough so that people say, man, I want some of what you have. How come you're not all upset about what the, what's happened in the world? Well, if I thought my worry and judgment and pointing fingers would make it better, I'd be right there with you. But it doesn't. So it's not about fixing anything. It's about being something. See, this is the key to our next paradigm shift, and this is under, understanding happens to be a foundational principle in our new thought tradition. There's only one life. Each of us, an individualized avenue from which that divine expre expresses on the planet. So the infinite expresses through each one of us, but we are all connected in the oneness and the coherent field. Loving intelligence. There is a loving intelligence that want, just says yes to us all the time. If we want to... If we want to go out and party hard and, and, and get drunk every night and do every drug we can get our hands on and, and just wear ourselves out and break ourselves down, this infinite loving intelligence says, you go for it. You go for it. Let me know how that works for you. We've been given freedom. Dr. Holmes said it would be absurd to think that this infinite loving intelligence would, would give us life and then, and then bind us to certain ideas or ways of being. We've been given total freedom. So you have a choice in this moment to either move into that coherent field or not. And it doesn't stop loving. We just move away. We just shut down. Because people have told us, someone who told you you're not good enough. How many, how many young ladies here, because you're all young ladies, and beautiful and gorgeous, were told by somebody that was domesticating you, raising you, nurturing you, that you weren't enough, that you weren't pretty enough. Yeah, not smart enough. Yeah, we got a bunch over on the right side, pretty good on the left side. A lot of healings happened over there. But, but this, and, then we, and then what do we do with that? We, we agree with it. Stop agreeing with that. My God, we're making stuff up anyway. I've had my dad, my dad was, you know, he, he beat me a lot. But the beatings he gave me, the stuff I've made up about it, oh my God, I'm amazed I lived it all. He slapped me on the back of the head, and six years later, you know, it, it went on for half an hour. You know, I mean, come on. That's the way our imaginations work. And he did that because I was so broken and deficient, and there was something wrong with me. Who, who, where does that come from? He was just doing what he knew how to do. I want to move forward in my life. I don't want to keep telling that story. I, in fact, the other day, after an hour and a half of the, let me tell you my story about my dad. You got another three hours? Let's just have a pity party here. 
That's the hard part. It isn't easy. I was telling Len, Len Rhodes, he was walking in, and I said, you know, I was watching an interview. With, um, I have a favorite football team, and the Eskimos are my, sec, they're my favorite Canadian team. But the Minnesota Vikings, where I grew up, are my team, right? That's my tribe. And I love the, watching those guys, and I love, you know, I, I stay in touch with them. And one of the coaches got up the other day, the players all arrived and said, you know, what we're doing here is not easy. This is hard, hard, hard. This is a journey. And people will get hurt, and things will happen, and you get bad calls during the game. It ain't easy. And then you get fans upset and point fingers. Anybody ever get upset with you, Len, if you're having a lousy team on the field and losing? Yeah, there you go. It's Len's fault. Let's blame Len. Let's get, you know what? If, if the, let's, how many games should we win this year? And if you don't, then we'll burn you at the stake. I mean, that's the idea, right? He's not out there playing the game. He, he's not recruiting people and, and putting the organization together to fail. He's doing the best he can. And we need to hold it in the perspective of that. So anyway, the coach got up and said, this isn't easy, boys. It ain't easy. I'm going to tell you right now, boys and girls, this ain't easy. But this is our opportunity. And we either take advantage of it or we don't. And the infant loves us either way. We, fa we fail or succeed, that's up to us and how we measure it. So anyway, it's going to take some work. Margaret Wheatley wonderful, wrote a wonderful book on leadership. And this is part of the information that Mission Centric is involved in. She said, she said this, and I'm not reading because it gets better. But let me just share this with you. She said, we are in a destructive end phase of a cycle of history in the U.S. We are in a destructive end phase of a cycle of history in the United States. When we watch this, it's part of the cycle. It's Shiva in all its glory. The goddess of destruction has shown up. That's what's going on spiritually. That's not, doesn't make us happy, but that's what we're witnessing. And there's a need for all of us in New Thought communities to create islands of sanity. Islands of sanity. How can we presence what we teach everywhere we go? God's life is my life. Someone's projecting their unhealed stuff on you and you have the awareness to not have to fight back, push back, just say, you know what, what Jesus said to Pontius Pilate? When Pontius Pilate said, does thou proclaim thyself king of the Jews? He looked him in the eye and said, thou sayest. Because Jesus knew there was no convincing Pontius Pilate of any other thing. He was certain. He, was, he had fallen asleep in his own authority. So Jesus wasn't going to try and convince him, thou sayest. So when people point the fingers at you, thou sayest. How can we stand in the thou sayest without having to pick a fight? It takes work. And there's a need for us in New Thought communities to create islands of sanity, connecting our inner spiritual life with what is happening in the world at large. Training people, as Margaret Wheatley says, to become warriors for the human spirit. Warriors for the human spirit. That is who we are. That's our tribe. And we have reached a tipping point, as she tells us, where we can no longer change the systems that have caused all the trouble. I think in a very short period of time, there, there, there's a good chance there won't be another president. Because that model's not working. I don't know what the model is, but I know that there's something that is seeking expression. Charles Einstein concurs when he said that, he, that maybe in the early 60s, if we'd done the work, we could have we done it, but not now. That's over. The systems that we have now that are creating the problem, this is why the paradigm shift is so important, aren't working, and they are not the solution. So we have to give birth to something we don't know, just like our center. We are going down a path, but what I know the path is about is, is about healthy-mindedness, and it's about sanity. 
And it's about being willing to address our, our challenges and our fears and our sense of lack and limitation and are not enough from a perspective of spiritual truth that we stand on, which is the science of mind teaching. There is no chapter in the science of mind teaching where Ernest Holmes encourages to, to live in lack or to suffer. And so when we find ourselves bringing that language to our lives, it's an opportunity. It's just a wake-up call for transformation. How do I do that? What's the trigger in me? So Charles Einstein said, we've done the work. We could have done it, but it's too late now. And you know the other piece of this? We're all exhausted. We're all burned out. People are burned out. I can't turn YouTube on more than 16 times a day now. I used to do 32. I can't do it anymore. I'm burned out. I need a break. We are worn out trying to make to, We're like gerbils in a cage, running and running and running. We have to find a new way to it and through it. So Margaret Wheatley talks about the Buddhist vow that warriors of the human spirit follow, and it starts with, I cannot change the world. I cannot change the world. You cannot change the world. But by opening to the world as it is, by opening to the world as it is, we may discover that gentleness, decency, and bravery are available to all human beings. That's the Buddhist vow of the warriors. Warriors for the human spirit. So what I want to do with you is I want to do a process right now when I'm way too long, but bear with me. You're not going to get out of here at 11, but maybe 11.05. All right. I want you to just join me. I'm going to put an image up on this screen, and it's just waves moving. And I want you to use that as your symbol in this moment. I want you to ground yourself. I'm going to ask you to stand up in a moment, so if you're not ready to do that, you might want to get ready. There we go. So if you forget what waves look like and you need to open your eyes in in some portion of this, open your eyes, take a look. Use that as your symbol. Use that as your symbol. And when you're ready, you feel like you're ready to stand up because you're grounded and that symbol's alive for you. Please stand up. Beautiful. And now I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. If you need to reopen them and take in that, that wave, no problem. If you're more comfortable just keeping your eyes open, no problem. This is your choice. I want you to imagine moving out into those waves, those beautiful waves. And you move out and you're at your waist. And the waves are gently crashing against you, washing. And allow those waves to move through you and wash away. Anything and everything that you no longer that you know no longer serves you to cleanse you. Move out into the waves now, up to your shoulders. If water hits you in the face, it doesn't bother you. Because you can breathe. You can go in over your head if you'd like, and you can still breathe. And I'm gonna ask Bill to put on a, a piece of music that asks a beautiful question. Why have you come? Why have you come here? Why have you come to earth?
Away. Let it wash away any of those old stories that parents gave us that don't serve us anymore. They were doing the best they could. That was the toolbox they had. The people that have betrayed you, let these waves wash it out to sea. You didn't come here to be small. You came here at the right time. You are a blessing. wakes us up. You are far more than any obstacles, memorized beliefs that you have. you if there's someone next to you and you're willing to just grab their hand and start to move to the music together.